Hi, my name is Stuart Alsop and this is my podcast, Crazy Wisdom, where I interview creative people about their meditation, mindfulness, and yoga practices, and how those practices help them to tap into creative flow on a daily basis. If you like this podcast, please find us on iTunes or Stitcher by searching for Crazy Wisdom and hitting subscribe. We also have audio on SoundCloud. Thanks and have an amazing day. So what's your name? Aldrich Negrier. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you do, Aldrich? Uh, at the moment, I have a, a small company in, in Portugal called Rap Rap Algarve. Uh-huh. And uh, we sell uh, commercialized 3D printing uh, technology, machines, uh, we do scans, so 3D printing business. Huh. And who are your customers? Uh, we have lots of customers in Europe. Uh, we export to Germany, uh, France, uh, and so on. And most of them are, are from a wide range of, of, I cannot pinpoint which type of customer they are, designers, uh, a whole plateau of, of, of customers, different, oh. different customers. And, um, and uh, what kind of things do you, do you guys 3D print? or, uh, or um, we, we assemble... We assemble the machines and we sell the machines. Actually, we have already assembled and sold more than three hundred machines at this at this moment. Wow! Uh, but at the same time, we always uh, the companies specifically specifically sells three D printers. But uh-huh. we always try to develop uh, uh, crazy ideas. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so we're always uh, messing around with electronics uh, and gadgets and so on. So we're we're a group, very small group, but very creative people. We don't like to do always the same thing. So mm-hmm. we're always creating uh, cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And this podcast is about meditation and mindfulness, but I'm really interested in 3D printing and where you see it right now. Uh, maybe we'll get into that later. But, um, but how, when did you first start med- your meditation practice? Uh, it's, a, it's a long story, but I'll try to, to make it short. Okay. Uh, I started yoga actually when I was younger, when I was 17 or 18. Uh-huh. And uh, my mom got me in contact with uh, an Indian teacher in Mozambique. I'm originally from Mozambique. That's uh-huh. my place of birth. And so after school every day, I, I went to his house and we had yoga sessions in his living room. And I enjoyed it. I, I wasn't fully aware what I was doing at the time. I just, it was like a past thing, pastime thing. So I enjoyed it. Mm. And I did it for three years, I think. Mm. Uh, but I wasn't uh, totally aware of what was, uh, I was doing, you know. I don't know if you, you understand what I, what I mean by this, but uh, now that I'm older and when I do yoga and meditation, I have a different uh, perception of awareness of what I'm doing yeah. compared yeah. to when I was 18 or 17. Mm-hmm. And so, how, much, how much do you think that is because of the practice itself or because of you just getting older and more mature? <laughs> nice question. Well... I'm not sure. I think it, because I got older, I, I think I matured very late. You know, boys normally, I, I'm not speculating or anything, but I think it's common sense that boys normally mature old, later than girls, I think. And I was a late uh, mature. I don't know if that's correct English, <laughs> but I matured very late, actually. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't aware of what I was doing uh, when I was younger. I was just playing around and playing mm-hmm. video games and having fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, my awareness slowly starts evolving. I don't know if it was because of meditation or yoga practice or because of age. I'm not, uh, mm-hmm. I can't give you a, a, mm. an answer. And do you have a daily practice? So I started, I started when I was 18. I did this for three years. Then I stopped because I came to Portugal, to university. Yeah. 
Uh. And uh, eventually I got a, a yoga teacher, very good yoga teacher here in Portugal. Uh, she gave classes to university students uh. and I enrolled in, in her classes. And I, I re-began my, 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 my yoga uh, again. Uh. Uh, but it was like three months. I, I went and then I stopped one or two months. And it was not very regular. Uh. And... Um, that, that was my yoga and meditation I, I only started very late about mm. uh, two three years ago mm. i started uh, having curiosity about meditation I, I i got several books about meditation and uh, i started practicing meditation. Mm. Mm -hmm. my my day routine is 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 uh, i don't practice how i would like to practice more but normally my my meditation practice is on weekends and mm. uh, sometimes during the week also Mm -hmm. uh, and I normally, I can only meditate after running or walking. Uh, so I need... Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Yes, I, I, I can't meditate very easily just by sitting down and start meditating. And that, so that actually, um, have you ever tried yoga and then meditation? I've tried yoga and meditation. That, that works fine. That okay. works fine, yes. So that's interesting because the original, what I've um, learned is that the original yoga practice, you know, not in the last couple hundred years, which is kind of more of a studio yoga practice. But originally mm -hmm. when yoga, the, when asana, yoga asana, the postures of yoga were developed, they were developed in a way to kind of calm the mind so that the body could sit in meditation. Um, okay. So it was, a, 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 to my understanding, it was any movement that you make in order to kind of come back into the body and, and, and feel what you are. So like walking and running, I consider it to be yoga. And that's really interesting that you, that, that's the only way that you can kind of get yourself centered enough to then meditate. Um, that's really interesting. Yes. yes. Normally I go, I, I run into the, we are privileged here uh, in Gambelas. It's Algarve. We, we have the university and it's surrounded by forest. Oh. So this is normally the place where people go, students and people who live here go to run and have walks, bicycle rides. So I go running and, or, or walking and then I, I, I have a special spot, a tree, and I just sit by the tree and I meditate for a long time. I meditate for three, four hours sometimes. I've, I've done six hours. Wow. Uh, and I like meditating also in through the night. So I start at uh, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Huh. Uh, and then I stay there. If it's not very cold, I stay until 10, 11, 12, midnight sometimes. And what is, what, when you meditate, what do you do, if anything? Uh, sure. So the first thing I do is I, I take a small, I have a small speaker. So I, li I enjoy a little bit of music in the beginning uh -huh. to focus my, 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 my attention on, on my breath. I, I do Zazen, I do sitting meditation. Hmm. And uh, I, I can do half lotus for a long time because I have practice. I can do half lotus for maybe four hours without hmm. uh, feeling, you know, you have some tingling on your nerve. If you stay in this position for a long time, it can mm. become discomfortable. Mm -hmm. But I have a lot of practice I can say for a long time. And basically what I try to do in the beginning is I try to put myself in the zone. I don't know what's, what's the word, but I like to put a little bit of music. And it has, uh, uh, it's like a guided meditation music. Mm. Uh, very nice by Alan Fairchild. She's a, a YouTube. She makes uh, some nice YouTube guided meditation sessions. So I downloaded this and I listen to it in the beginning. Huh. And then eventually the music stops and I stay two, three hours without listening. And I just focus on the breath and try to relax. Sometimes I get sleepy. Yeah. I, I wake myself up. Uh, it's a constant struggle, huh. but a very peaceful struggle. It's not like violent or anything. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. And in the end, it's, it's what's, what matters is, is the end, actually. It's like uh, uh, when I, I leave there, I, I feel very uh, at peace, at ease. 
and sometimes I even come back singing. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. a bit crazy, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I feel very relaxed and uh, uh, overall sensation of peace. I feel very, very relaxed and at, at peace. All mm -hmm. my worries tend to 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 fade away, you know, in a mm -hmm. sense. And then I remember them, and then they come back. But eventually, <laughs> uh -huh. and, <laughs> and it doesn't work. It doesn't work all the time. It doesn't mm -hmm. work all the time. Uh, some meditation sessions work very nice. Yeah. Others, not so much. Yeah. And how um, how do you bring the practice into your daily life? Um, do you have any methods or or anything for? No, I, I'm a bit. Uh, at this time, we're working on on a very important project, and uh, unfortunately, I. I I'm not so organized in the sense of I can, I'm not organized uh, mm -hmm. enough. So I'm giving priority to, to the project and a little mm -hmm. bit less priority to my uh, mental yeah. health. <laughs> so I would, I would, uh, I would argue that. So, so basically we all have this awareness, right? You have an awareness. I have an awareness. Meditation is the aspect of, of is a, is a practice for then uh, basically heightening and giving attention to that awareness that already exists but you have it throughout your waking day. So you can actually bring it in without actually even trying to bring in meditation to your waking day. You can, you can, you can, um, you can bring it in. So, and there's certain techniques that some people have, um, you know, uh, one person I interviewed, they basically, every time they want to check their phone out of, um, out of just a, a, a wanting to escape from the current moment, mm -hmm. uh, they give themselves four intentions. So they, first time they don't actually follow through with it. Second time they follow, don't follow through with it. Third time they don't follow through with it. And the fourth one they actually do. So there are different kind of methods and practices that you can kind of bring it into your everyday life and stuff like that. Um, how, does, how, does, uh, how does meditation help you to become, uh, do your job better or do your work better? Does it have an effect on your work? Uh, probably indirectly uh, because like maybe I have... Uh, more restored energy. Uh -huh. The thing is, I have I have problems sleeping uh, lately. Yeah. I have problems mm -hmm. sleep, sleeping lately because I'm very excited with the new yeah. project. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I now I meditate because I need to to rest. Yes. So uh, yep. so meditation now it's like a healing healing mm -hmm. <laughs> service mm -hmm. I need to do. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I, unfortunately, I only I'm only capable of doing doing it on the weekends. Uh, but hopefully, if if uh, if uh, how can I say my lifestyle changes, I would uh, enjoy doing it uh, more. Of course. Can you talk about that project that you're working on? Or sure, yes. Uh, be, before maybe it's I would like to contextualize because I think it will make more sense for for the people who are going to read this and, and listen to this further further on. So I, I was exposed early on to a lot of uh, many hours of Buddhism, theoretical uh -huh. Buddhism. Uh -huh. So I learned, I listened to a guy called Ajahn Brahm. He's, uh -huh. a, uh, he's English actually, but he's living in Australia. And he's one of the, uh, I'll, I'll use the word dean, but he's, he's one of the monk bosses there. It's Australian Buddhist society in Western Australia, I think. And he has some uh, Friday night talks on YouTube. They are mm -hmm. free. You, you can download. So I download most of his uh, talks. He invites people there also that do the talking. So I download more than uh, 200 hours of, of, uh, of theoretical Buddhism. He talks about Buddhism and so on. And uh, I, I listened to this when I was younger. I listened. So I'm a, uh, I call myself a theoretical Buddhist because I, I've heard Ajahn Brahm speaking about this for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. So 
I was I was very excited when I when I was listening in the, in the stage when I was listening to him, and I wanted to do something. I wanted to implement this. I wanted to use my skills to try to develop something uh, to do with Buddhism. Mm. But at the time, uh, nothing came up, and uh, this was uh, during my university stages. Then I, I finished university. I started a company, and uh, finally, blockchain technology came around, uh, and uh, by luck, by stroke of luck, because it was experience. Uh, okay, this is now in a, in a, in a how can I say, a more personal matter. Uh, I, I broke up, my girlfriend broke up with me, uh, mm. a 10-year relation, and I was very depressed. And uh, two or three days after she broke up with me, I sat on this chair, actually. This is a rotating chair. <laughs> I have a big speaker over there, and I put uh, some relaxing music, and, um, you know, my head was, was going crazy. And... Uh, I tried to meditate. It was very uh, difficult. And uh, I put some music on just to try to relax. I sat down on this chair and then I closed my eyes and I did, I just spin, you know, I just spin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's but great. I spin, I spin very slowly. And what happened? Something magical happened. That, that's actually the first patent we have. So what happened was when you close your eyes and uh, you listen to a sound, and you start rotating with your eyes closed, you, you can feel the, uh, something magical, actually. But actually, it's nothing, it's nothing special. It's just that your awareness of where the sound is coming starts changing because of your axis position starts rotating. So it's uh, a sound game, you know? It's like a sound experience. Mm. But it's very magical because depending on the music you put, or depending on the speed you're rotating, it uh, puts you in the zone. The med- I, I call it the meditation. So it, it, mm. it creates an atmosphere where it's easier for you to meditate. It distracts you from your problems, actually, and brings mm. you, you, you to, to the now, you know, because mm. you're feeling, it, mm. it brings you to your senses, mm. your, hearing, your hearing, your GPS thing, it's changing. So I, I, I was not depressed any- uh-huh. <laughs> instantly. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Then eventually, when I, when I passed this experience, I got depressed again. But uh, actually, the project we are developing now, it's called ZenVal, and uh, it, it all started with this experience, this accident, actually. Mm. It's called ZenVal? ZenVal. Mm-hmm. So ZenVal, it's the, the vow we make to Zen. Mm. Okay? And Zen, uh, in, in particular, it's Zazen, sitting mm. meditation. So mm-hmm. it's the vow we, we make. Zen. And what we, we developed is a, a product, uh, not the rotating one, because this one was a bit more expensive. We developed uh, another one. But basically, it's a sensor that uh, detects users' breathing effort, okay, your respiratory effort when you breathe in and breathe out. It's just a simple sensor. And it has inside also a built-in um, uh, inertial measurement unit that detects your posture if you are bending forward, if you're bending laterally, and so on. Mm. And what's the main idea? The main idea is to try to police, uh, it's a strong word, but okay, monitor <laughs> people's activities. And what are the activities we intend to monitor? Breathing through the sensor, uh, yoga postures also through the sensor. So mm. if you're doing any yoga position, it will detect monitor this activity, these mm. positions, and eventually we have also a, a, a technique to monitor meditation. Mm. Meditation is, is by assumption, mm. uh, and how it works is you have a, a, a sensor you, you put on your chest, just like those heart rate monitors that you, you put those straps, it's mm. a chest strap sensor, 
the design is the same. We, we went with the same design because it works. We could have tried to innovate in the design, but we, we don't want to lose that uh, familiarity that people have with the sensor. So we have a sensor in the chest. You can also use it in the stomach. And we have an interactive light meditation pad. So the thing, the thing was, I wanted to make the rotating meditation pad. So you sit, the initial idea, you sit on the meditation pad and you come from work, you're all stressed, you have to cook it. And you want two or three minutes of relaxation. And this allows you, I don't know if you, you, you know Osho? Yep. Osho. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Osho was a, a strong believer that technology can help uh, accelerate because the, the, the difficulty is, uh, if you come from work and try to meditate or if you have other techniques, it's not easy because you have problems in your life and, and so on. Hmm. So you need a, a distraction or, a, or something that puts you in that meditation zone easier. Hmm. So the, for me, the, the rotating uh, experience was fantastic. But for commercial reasons, we opted for, for color therapy. This was another idea. Also, it's very innovative. We don't have patents on both of those. And uh, we are going to get them, I think, because it's, it's, it, nothing exists similar. Why do we have patents? Uh, I'm a believer that open source is the way to go. But uh, in order to, to pitch investors and to, to get money into these projects, you need, you need patents, so yeah. mandatory. This mm -hmm. is from my experience, because mm -hmm. I'm in a uh, uh, transfer office uh, in from the university, transfer technology office, and they teach us this, this is the way, so I think this is the way. Uh, yeah. uh, it's definitely uh, a, lot of, a lot of investors will look for um, IP, intellectual property rights, because it gives you an edge over other companies. So. Exactly. So uh, because I knew that, so I, I filed the patent. It's, it's very cheap, actually, in the beginning. It's mm -hmm. so it, nothing. It was not. Uh, now we have this competitive advantage that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So so then now we're going to launch two products, the sensor, the breast sensor, mm -hmm. uh, chest uh, sensor, sorry, and uh, the meditation pad. And the meditation pad is a point. 15 millimeter, it's very thin, 15 millimeter pads. Mm. It's uh, mostly silicon, so it's very comfortable. And it has interactive uh, light therapy. So when you breathe in, mm. the sensor will detect you breathe in. Mm. And on the meditation pad, you have some lights that will spread out the light. Mm. So you breathe in the light and you breathe out uh, the darkness, mm. uh, it becomes dark. So this is just a, a, a gimmick, a gadget that will, it has, two or three unintended uh, objectives. Uh, basically, you, you'll have a special place. This is the first one. You'll have a special place to meditate. This is the first one. That's very important to have a nice, uh, uh, special, clean uh, place where you can easily go into the state. And then it also has color therapy. So uh, you, there are some benefits of some light uh, spectrum on your skin. They... I have two or three papers regarding these studies. It's not mainstream yet, but yeah. we know that light causes cancer and so on and so yeah. on. So we know yeah. light uh, affects biology, you know, the biologi biological mechanisms in our body. Mm -hmm. And uh, for relaxation purposes, there are some papers that show that uh, changing the light, some red or blue or so on. Uh, blue, blue is now, it has bad fame. Blue is dangerous, uh, they, they say. Uh, yes. So color therapy, uh, yoga uh, monitoring yeah. and breathing monitoring. So the idea is you use an application where you have the Zenvo application where you can uh, uh, select breathing, yoga, or meditation class. Mm. Uh, imagine you start the breathing class, so it will be guided, breathe in, hold, mm. 
breathe out, hold, and so on. When you finish this class, we know you finished the class because we monitor this activity. Mm. Yoga, the same thing. You can do uh, a yoga class. You will say, okay, first we do the salutation, arms up, and so on. You finish the yoga class, and we will know you finished the yoga mm. class because we were monitoring your activity. Mm. And meditation, uh, you start to off with the breathing uh, exercise. And you sit on top of the platform, so you know you're, you are seated on top of the platform. Your posture mm. is correct, and you started mm. the breathing. Mm. And you, if you don't stand up and move, because mm. if you do, we know you did. Mm. So meditation is more difficult to, to, to monitor. But we also we know that the community of, of yoga, people who do yoga and meditation, would not like to have like lots of gadgets. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the minimum. So basically, you have you have one center, you have one sensor in the heart and the chest, and then you have a pad that you sit on. Um, yes. Both of these do different things in terms of monitoring and giving feedback on the meditation practice itself. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and the, go for it. If you wanted to say something, no. Okay. And and the best part, the best part is when you finish. Uh, you get rewarded with cryptocurrencies. Mm. Mm-hmm. So th- this is this is the the, the innovation in a sense mm. because uh, you know cryptocurrencies work. The technology works because there is something called proof of work. Mm-hmm. You know there are lots of other computers trying to 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 guess this hash, and uh, you need it's the biggest network hashing network in the planet. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's it's proof that. Uh, that chain, that blockchain, that your Bitcoin will not be lost. They are yours. So this ensures the security of the network. It's mm-hmm. called proof of work. There's mm-hmm. a lot of work being done digitally, and it will secure the network. So what we're, we're, we're the puzzle, the missing puzzle, or the puzzle we found in this uh, uh, technology race was that now you can try to have proof of practice. So mm-hmm. what we're, what Zenvao does. Mm-hmm. Is we have proof that you you practiced yoga, meditation, uh-huh. and breathing, uh-huh. and then the, the the proof of work, the coins, uh-huh. you will be rewarded the coins. Uh-huh. So this is fantastic. Uh, actually, the impact of this project, I'm slowly, slowly becoming aware of the impacts of this of this uh, idea, mm. and it's very, very powerful. And so I have a I have a potentially controversial question for you. It's something I've thought about a lot because I'm in here in San Francisco, and there are a lot of apps that are trying to get people into meditation and mindfulness uh, using technology. Um, and I really appreciate a lot of them. But as somebody who kind of has learned how to meditate from a lot of different sources, and I kind of get this understanding that mindfulness and awareness are something that are internal and that there might not be external validators of an internal state. Um, so for example, posture, you bring up posture, uh, uh, in yoga a lot, they, they, um, uh, uh, we talk about, you know, having a straight spine, a crown of the head reaching up towards the sky, sit bones reaching in towards the ground. Uh, but then when you look at it, you, you have this kind of, uh, uh, a lot of people take that and they go like, Oh, rigid, I'm going to get really Mm -hmm. rigid and kind of bring my, and then slowly I've been realizing that it's actually this kind of like in between state. And that sometimes I, 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 when I guide people in meditation, sometimes they go like this, like they go totally forward, flex forward. Um, and sometimes they're like this. Um, and, uh, and so, so meditation is a state that can happen at any time in any posture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what do you, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It's very, uh, we are trying to measure something that's, it's not, it's not easy to measure. Yeah. So that's why I said the, the meditation part is vice population. Okay, 
as long as you're sitting there mm-hmm. and you're relaxed, your breathing rhythm is, is relaxed, hopefully our microphone will be on so we know you're not watching TV or something. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. 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 It's not, you're right, you're right. I, I, I agree with you. It's not easy. It's, it's the solution we came up with yeah. and we could have come up with even more uh, evasive technology, you know, uh-huh. like uh, uh-huh. alpha brainwave readers yeah. and yeah. things uh-huh. like that. But I think that's not very, people, people will feel repulsed by this, you know, in my opinion, in my, especially people in yoga and meditation are people that mm. have this uh, uh, strong opinion about technology yeah. and practice, you know, they yeah. have a strong uh, opinion about this. So I don't want to go against that. The thing is, I'm not, I'm not a commercial guy. I'm not a, a salesman, actually. Mm. Once there was a, a lady that once called me a salesman mm. and I felt very inside, I felt very, uh, Hurt, you know, I was very hurt by this. <laughs> she, I, I sell 3D printing filaments. All we, all we do is open source. Uh, everything is online. You don't need to buy us. You can buy uh, uh, our printers. You can, you can build one or buy one in any other place. And she called me a salesman <laughs> because I, I said, I said, oh, we, we don't, I can't make you a small discount because it's the price we have. Oh, and then she said, oh, you're like a salesman. I was very... <laughs> so the thing is, um, we're doing this out of compassion, you know? I'm doing this out of compassion. I, I had this idea when I was extremely depressed and I didn't come out of it, of this depression by, ah, I'm going to make lots of money. Mm. It's just an idea. Uh, and it's an idea that can create a distribution of wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can help uh, humanity, you know? The, the predictions are very, are very, uh, how can I, what's the word? Here in Portugal, we say, we say dark, but uh, I wanted to use my, the predictions are very, are very bad for, for, for humanity, actually, for, for the planet. You know, I've read a very, very, very nice book called uh, the, 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 U, the New Human Rights Movement by Peter Joseph. Have you read this? No. Uh, uh. Unbelievable. He, he has, it's not opinion based, it's, he has more than 300 or 500 uh, scientific cit- citations, you know. So everything is based on um, evidence of scientific facts. So 2050, 2100, uh, even before, uh, because it's like exponential actually. Uh, we don't, most people are distracted we, because life keeps happening, you know. But uh, very bad things are, are, are up ahead. Very, very bad things. I, I cannot express uh, how. Uh, grave th- these things are because mm. we we don't have capacity to to calculate all the bad things that are happening you know mm. and mm. make a summary and make a result but mm. very bad things are up ahead and people uh, should start coming up with solutions actually what we're trying to do is trying to end the financial slavery system with this mm. with this uh, Zen movement mm. because how i see it now i have a different awareness of it now now i see people in in big cities and I, I, I see peoples in slave camps, you know, financial slave camps. So they come out from their villages where everything is nice and quiet and they have animals and a forest, very healthy for them. But because of financial uh, pressure, financial oppression system, they are forced to come out of these places to big cities, big slave camps, and work for money because they need to survive. Mm. So it's not a critique. It's not a critique. Uh, people need to survive. And unfortunately, uh, earning money, uh, is an activity that is destroying the planet, destroying their health, oh. and uh, somebody has to solve this. Someone has to solve this. And so, what you guys are doing is essentially rewarding people for a practice that uh, is an internal uh, practice, which then kind of, once you start to meditate and all these things, 
you start to behave ethically, you start to kind of, uh, um, uh, kind of figure out what you're here on the planet for. So you're basically saying that instead of this practice where normally people do not get paid for it and you know, it's kind of totally free, you're, you're trying to offer a financial incentive for people to practice and so that they can get out of wage slavery. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, I, I'm, I'm really interested in where it's going. And I, I think to my point earlier about how uh, you know, the spine has to be in a perfect spot and everything like that. This is just for beginners as well. Um, and I think, I think getting people in the door is a very important thing. And then once they're in the door, they can discover because it's all a kind of an individual process, this whole meditation mindfulness thing. So, uh, once they're in the door, then that sparks a, their own practice and they'll eventually figure out that, okay, maybe I can be meditating in other places. I don't need the sensor, but yeah. Um, and another thing, we, we haven't uh, written in stone how, how, how much reward a person will get for doing all these practices. So breathing, it's straightforward. Okay, the person breathes, uh, uh, executed breathing exercises for 15 minutes or a day or 20 minutes, there's a maximum, of course. So we can say, okay, here you go, some reward. And for yoga, we can, okay, here you go, a bit more reward because it's, you need more effort to do yoga exercise. Mm. And the reward is even bigger than breathing. Mm. So we, we have to calculate all these, these uh, weights, you know, for, for each practice. So we'll eventually get to a nice just uh, uh, distribution. Mm. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's, it's a complex problem. It's a complex problem. Mm. The, the, the other thing that we have um, that is special is a tamper-proof system. Mm. So basically, this is an internet of things technology mm. uh, because the devices are electronic devices. They're connected to the smartphone that is connected to the internet that is mm. connected to the network. So it's an internet of thing device. And uh, finally, we have uh, hardware, specific integrated circuits that allow for um, the tamper-proofing or tamper-resistant um, uh, tampering of, mm. the, of, the, of the system. Mm. So uh, very, very... Interesting. We we are at a point in, in, in the evolution of technology where all these things are are, are like uh, bonding. You know, all mm -hmm. they are one technology uh, helps the other technology and so mm -hmm. on. Very very interesting. Mm -hmm. So this this is the, the and this is very recent. One or two years, this device is available. Mm -hmm. Like blockchain, it's 10, 10 years or nine years. Mm -hmm. And this is what a friend of mine is doing. He's doing um, essentially he built a whole new proof of, I think it's proof of work protocol uh, that's uh, meant for machine to machine so that machines can basically uh, pay for more um, access. And I'm not an engineer, so I don't really understand it all. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, and I'd like to move it back to your practice in general. Uh, I, I, this image that you gave of spinning around um, is actually uh, very similar to a Sufi. Do you know the Sufi practices? I've Googled uh, the spinning practice and I, I've, I've, I've got some results. Maybe it's what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So the Sufis, they, um, in Turkey and other places in the Middle East, they, they spin basically. And the spinning puts them into a meditative state or what they would consider a divine state so that they, 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 uh, they, uh, they, um, get a experiential understanding of God. Um, and you see it in kids, you see it in, in kids, they spin around a lot, you know, uh, and dancing, spinning and all these things. And it's really, um, I think that's really valuable. Can you experience, can you describe that state of what happens when you're running, when you're dancing, when you're, when you're uh, in the spinning state? 
Sure. Actually, one, one, one of my best meditation uh, experiences was, was in the sea. I, like, I love swimming. So I also, I forgot to mention, I, I swim a lot and I have a suit, special suit for not to get so cold. Right. Uh, we, we, I live by the sea. So I swim very uh, fast, uh, intensive, right. and then I relax and right. I, I float looking right. upwards and I close my eyes. Mm. And interestingly, I found a similarity. When you close your eyes after swimming a sprint, and you, with your belly up, and you're just floating with your eyes closed and relaxing. If, if the, the sea permits, if the sea is very violent, it's not uh, enjoyable, but yeah. if the sea permits. <laughs> so what happens when you close your eyes, you actually feel like a sense of, of not spinning, mm. but uh, it's like a spin. It's a mm. small spin because you, you lose your orientation sensor or something like this. Your mm. eyes are closed. You don't have feedback. So I don't know how to explain what happens, but I, this spinning in the chair gives a slight similar uh, experience mm. and the the, the 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 part i like about it is when this when you feel this feeling uh, all your attention is on this feeling because it's something new something uh, it's there mm. you can feel it and, and you focus your 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 attention on this mm. and it's it's very very mm. relaxing i've i've got a um breathing technique that you should try next time you're in the water um so what you okay. do is you inhale uh, to your capacity and then you take a little exhale, just a little tiny exhale and then immediately inhale again. So you can basically float in the, in the water and continuously mm -hmm. stay at that float because your lungs are expanded. So you float up the top basically. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a yogic technique that a lot of uh, people in, in India practice. They go into the Ganges river and they do that. Um, Okay. Nice. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Actually, my suit allows me to float more than uh, so. Yeah. Okay. You don't need <laughs> yeah, no, but I'll try it because mm -hmm. uh, it's a breathing exercise. Uh -huh. Do you have do you, do you practice breathing exercises or do you only become aware of breath? I practice breathing exercises. Okay. I have an app for breathing exercises. Yes. Oh, what's it called? Uh, here. It. I use the sleeping one. You remember I told you I have trouble sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> and it works. Huh. I get very sleepy. I get huh. very sleepy. Prana breathe. Prana breathe. Okay. Yes. I'm going to check it out. No, I haven't heard about it. And it's a very simple idea. And I can't believe I haven't, I haven't heard about it. Uh, uh, it. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, do you only use it for sleeping or is it for other things as well? I've used, I use it mainly for sleeping. Okay. Uh, mainly for, so you have an exercise for sleeping and after... It has eight minutes, and in the fourth minute, I'm yawning. Is yawning the, the yep. correct word? Yes, mm -hmm. I yawn hmm. lots of times, and eventually I become very tired. <laughs> you fall asleep. Wow. Yes. It's A simple. Friend. It's, it's uh -huh. four, four inhale, four second inhale, uh, six second hold, four second exhale, six second hold. Mm. So mm. you hold for, for quite some time. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's really cool. Um, do you use any other breathing exercises or? Uh, I also like, uh, I don't know if you know that, the Iceman, there's yeah, a guy called the Iceman, yes, yeah. yes exactly, yeah. Yeah. so I'm a, a, a strong uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. believer, uh -huh. <laughs> and I go in the sea and I, I expose myself to cold, I take cold showers, and um, I have some, it's, it's hyperventilation actually, it's yes. just hyperventilation, the... I just, yes. That yes. one? Yeah, uh, yeah. That one, yes. Uh, <laughs> it helps, it um, helps me stay a bit longer, and it, I think it warms my I can't stay that long anyway, but uh, <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. Okay. that's cool. 
Um, so I want to kind of dive in. How did you, f you said you first started meditating when you were younger or no, you first started yoga when you were younger. Um, was that because yes. of your parents or how did you first find it? My mother uh, knew the yoga teacher uh, oh, that's and, right. uh, she asked him if I could enroll in his class mm. and I enrolled in his class. I think it was free. It was mm. free. And he had like 20 students in his house in his living room mm. for free, for free mm. in Indian uh, in this is in Mozambique. In Mozambique, wow. in, in, the, in the capital, Maputo, where I lived. That's cool. Um, how would you kind of describe your own process of creation? You said you were spinning in a chair when an idea kind of came up to you. And you mm -hmm. also mentioned that there is a depression, depression aspect of it as well. What is that kind of, what is the creative process for you? Where do your ideas come from? Excellent question. Because uh, I've been pondering about this for some time now. Um, so the thing is, you know, you have all your experience, life experiences. Uh, I'm an engineer by, by education. I'm, I'm, I'm a, ma a maker also, you know, I like making things with my hands. Uh, and my creative process normally goes through when I want to build something and I need a design, I go through, I don't like to copy. I, uh, I hate copying. Copying does not challenge me psychologically, you know, uh, intellectually. I, don't, I hate copying. I like to create new, new stuff. And because, not only because I then say, well, because other people then appreciate also. So mm -hmm. if I copy something, I, I don't feel the, the motivation for, for doing something. So my, 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 uh, 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 my process for, for, for innovation normally is I have an idea. I'll explain that part because the ideas just come sometimes. But I believe that uh, it's just a belief. I can be wrong, probably wrong, uh, because there's another aspect to this. I believe that uh, our experiences, all our, my knowledge, my background, my, my uh, academic background, you know, uh, and uh, all of this information inside my head, in a sense, uh, gives me, um, when I try to solve a problem, I have this engineering background. So this problem will be solved like an engineering approach, you know? Mm -hmm. And with mixed with my creative part and, and, and other ideas of designs, I, 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 I see. But uh, let me try to explain the, where do ideas come from? This, this is the problem. Because when I had that idea, where did it come from? Mm -hmm. And the question is where, not inside. I didn't have that idea. Uh -huh. that, yeah. Because it, it would be wrong to say, I have that idea. Yeah. Where did it come from? Okay, yeah. it came from your neurons, from your synapses, and so on and so on. Yeah, but where did that come from? And not only that, those synapses were formed when you read something else that was external to you. So that, so that not only is the idea not happening only inside one neuron, it's happening in a com connection of neurons which were influenced by your environment. Oh, yes, exactly. Well yeah. said. Well said. And even, even, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also uh, very interested in uh, theoretical physics yeah. and uh, other stuff like that. And uh, what happens? I think no one has ideas. I think when they say, oh, he's the inventor, you know, it's a bit arrogant. Uh, mm -hmm. Nobody invents anything. <laughs> it's a misconception of reality, you know. Buddhists have, have this, uh, this um, nice vision of reality, you know. You have mm -hmm. to see reality for what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, we haven't been, we haven't got there yet. Mm -hmm. Modern physics doesn't explain reality mm -hmm. as it is. Mm -hmm. So it would be a mistake to, to, to jump to conclusions, you know? 
I had that idea. I have other ideas, but I, I'm not attached to them, you know? They, they're not my ideas. It would be mm -hmm. a mistake if I, I thought those ideas came from me. Mm -hmm. Because we don't know how reality works, actually. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. uh, and this whole idea of the self as kind of in the last 300 to 400 years has been developed by after the Enlightenment. This whole idea of a self as a separate self that is here, that I am Stuart, and that Stuart, somewhere inside of me, Stuart exists in like a... Uh, you know a un, you know like in in a, a field yeah in a field or a or a kind of a static uh permanent way but okay. that doesn't exist i'm who i am right now is an exact replica is an exact interaction between what's going on our, us having this conversation you know i'm thinking things because you're bringing them into my conscious awareness. And then not only that, there's sounds around me that are kind of affecting me. And then, and then I've been taught, and actually I think it might be a natural process of, of human growth is that at, at the age of about one years old, we, we start to develop the sense of I, uh, and then we create a self out of that. And then there's this weird thing that happens in meditation that we slowly then deconstruct that I. Um, mm. and we, and we, and we, we realize the falseness of it and how it's impermanent and that I will one day die and that everything inside of me will then disperse back into the environment and this kind of illusion of separation will, 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 and then there's this constant interplay between, okay, that is true, but at the same time I am an individual and, and I do need to interact in this world of other individuals somehow. How do you kind of, do you notice that in your own life or do you notice that, that, that conflict between being an individual and being part of something else? Uh, yes, this awareness is, is relatively recent. And um, I got there not because of personal experience. I got there because I, I listened to other people speaking about it. Yeah. And then I was aware of it. Mm. So, uh, but I'm, I'm, aware, I'm aware of this, uh, this phenomenon. Mm. Uh, I'm not very comfortable speaking about this uh, like paranormal <laughs> yeah. uh <-huh. laughs> because it's something uh, out of my academia. You know, I'm, 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 my, my background is uh, mathematics and yeah. engineering and yeah. solving problems. And so uh -huh. this is very uncomfortable for me to speak. Actually, it's not uncomfortable to speak. It's, it's uncomfortable to put in words. I cannot uh -huh. express myself so, so well. That, that's the problem. Yeah. But I understand perfectly what you're saying. Mm. Uh, I'm aware of this phenomena. Uh, I experience it, and uh, hmm. I'm not uh, verbally gifted to 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 elaborate any further. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. keep on meditating, and it'll happen. Yes. <laughs> um, Actually, when I was depressed, uh, the first thing I said, I need a rest. You know, I need I need a rest. Uh, I work every day, and and so on. And I thought, oh, Buddhists have it, have it easy because they, they they're in a, a position where they can do what they like you know but the problem is you have to abandon you it's a radical life change you know it's a bad, radical i'm talking about buddhist monks actually yeah and i, I it, it passed through my head because it's something i enjoy buddhism as a whole mm. and i already know the, the theory most of it but i don't have a lot of practice mm. and i would like to put myself in a condition where i can have the practice yeah and uh, mm -hmm. so yes, we we uh I, i've Experienced. So I, 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 w I was also a founder and I started a company and then I got burnt out and then I was like, okay, I need to go find that. You know, I need to go put myself in a place of practice all the time only. And I did that for two years. Okay. Uh, and then I just talked about this with another uh, guest I had on this podcast 
was that once you, you, you can do that you, and, and maybe it is part of, part of your, your practice to do it, but don't get stuck there. And I don't think you will, but, but like, like a lot of people, I've recently heard that monasteries have nothing to do with spirituality. They have more, they more have to do with housing introverts because introverts uh, get so uh, stressed out by the noise of civilization that they've created monasteries where they can go be peaceful in nature and stuff like that. So <laughs> it, it might be very, you know, it might be a part of your journey to then go and do that, but, but don't, you're, 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 you're supposed to be here to do something and, and, and you don't want to yeah. escape from it. Um, yes. It, it, is, it was an escape mechanism at yeah. the time, but, mm -hmm. but the thing is, uh, it wasn't, for living there forever, it was like three months. Three months experience yeah, yeah. in one mm -hmm. monastery, and then you 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 can um, travel and then visit yeah. another one. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, more relaxed than yeah. than uh -huh. ha having to manage a company and employees and all, all these things. Yeah, totally. It's a temporary. Uh, it's a temporary idea because of your actual conditions. It's uh -huh. next. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get that. I get that. Uh -huh. So we've got about five minutes left. What is one thing that you want our listeners to? understand about creativity and meditation or mindfulness or do you have one resource that you you like the best or one teacher uh, uh -huh. okay uh, advice uh, I'm, I'm not uh, i'm an engineer i could give some engineering advice but okay uh -huh. i'm very i'm a very green uh, meditator and yoga practitioner uh -huh. i'm learning like everyone else i think but uh, the advice I would give uh, would be regarding Buddhism, actually, because I think that's the foundation. Uh, the theoretical, the principles of Buddhism. Uh, actually, in our product, we are thinking of putting some guided Buddhism classes, actually, because when you understand the true nature of reality, of the phenomenon, physical phenomenon, and uh, you, you tend to avoid suffering, you know? So the whole... Uh, theory of Buddhism uh, is very enriching because you understand phenomena as they suppose reality is what it is and the Buddhism allows you to have the theoretical uh, knowledge about this and when something bad happens or something happens in your life you already know the theoretical principles you know reality mm. and uh, uh, you suffer less because of this so mm. Yoga meditation is something new for me, but uh, Buddhism, uh, I think, is, is, is the key here. Mm -hmm. So this, the Zenva movement, actually, we are, we are going to try to, to, to uh, inject some Buddhism in its theory. Mm -hmm. theory. Mm -hmm. Because I think that that's, that's even more important. Practice mm -hmm. is very important. Of course, mm -hmm. yoga is very important for health, meditation for, for the mind. But mm -hmm. if you don't have the, the right theory inside, you know, the software, <laughs> mm -hmm. then you will not be able to deal with the, the, the exterior world. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm not sure the word theory is the best word. And I realize you're not a, a native English speaker, but yes. um, uh, theory implies abstract uh, kind of um, separated from the practice of itself. Uh, and so, and I, but I get what you're saying. And I think it's something similar to what we're talking about here. It's the dialogue that sends people further into their own practice so that it's mm -hmm. helpful kind of it's education i don't know what do you what do yes. you think about that yeah exactly exactly yeah. it's yeah. education yes. Yeah. yes 
Um, and a lot of Buddhism, uh, we, we are not exposed to Buddhism education, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Normally, normally yeah. in the Western world. Yeah, yes. yeah we, we aren't taught how to breathe when we're younger. We're not taught how to move when we're younger. We're not taught how to communicate uh, nonviolently with each other. Uh, yes. I, I totally agree, and I, I think that's a... And even the precepts, you know, the, the, the impermanence, uh, mm -hmm. uh, equanimity, mm -hmm. and other Buddhist uh, principles are very simple to understand, but uh, we never talk about them, so mm -hmm. it's, it's a loss. We should talk about these things, understand these things, and it will add value. Uh, yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, thank you so much, Aldrich, for coming on. Okay, thank you for, for having, having me. Thank you very much for this opportunity.